welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. So a few months ago, I was at LA City College. Nike had painted a track there, rainbow colors, in honor of National Coming Out Day. And I was chatting with a couple of people, and the athlete on the stage started talking about being LGBTQ. And I said, oh, who, who is that? I'm not, I'm not quite sure who that is. And they said, oh, Caron Clement. He, he's an he's a, he's a Olympic gold medalist. And I know most of the Olympic gold medalists who've come out publicly. And so I kind of looked at them and said, he's, he's LGBTQ? And it was somebody from Nike, and she smiled, this giant smile, and she said, yes. And I said, he hasn't talked about this before, has he? And she said, no. And I said, Kara Clement, Olympic gold medalist, world champion, just came out publicly at this event. And she smiled some more and said, yes. And I quickly got out my phone and started talking to her, figure out how I could talk to him and interview him. And he was absolutely lovely, uh, huge smile, great personality. And so I knew that when I created this podcast, I wanted to have him back on to talk about his story, how he got to that day, all the way from growing up in Trinidad, going to the University of Florida, uh, winning Olympic gold medals, winning world championships, and coming out at this track and field dedication at LA City College. He is uh, he's a great guy, and I'm so thrilled to have him. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Olympic medalist Karen Clement. Well, I am thrilled to be joined this week by Karen Clement, and so I got to ask you. Do you prefer to be known as, and you got three choices here, a two-time mm -hmm. Olympic gold medalist, a three-time mm -hmm. Olympic medalist, or a four-time world champion? Which, which, which one do you like the most? I prefer you say all the titles, you know, um, world champion, uh, two-time world champion and Olympic champion. <clears throat> it wants me to hurdles. Uh, why not uh, say it all? <laughs> we have <laughs> Olympic champion, world champion, Terry Clement. So I, I, was, I was standing outside at Los Angeles City College a few months ago mm -hmm. um, at yeah. a dedication of a, of a track, and uh, you got up on stage and announced to the world that um, you're LGBTQ for National Coming Out Day. And I'm I'm so curious what led up to that moment. Like, how did you decide that I'm going to do this now? Well, honestly, you know, Mike just pre presented me with a great opportunity, and um, it was the perfect time to really tell my story. And you know, me being 34, you know, I've lived my life. You know, my um, friends and my, my sexuality. Um, of course, my mom didn't know I didn't tell at the time, but it was just time for me to finally be free. I told myself, you know, since Nike is doing this, I might as well tell my story. And that's the reason why I did what I did. Did the folks at Nike, who I've worked with Nike for years, and they're amazing, I think. They're so inclusive. Did they come to you and say, hey, what do you think about doing this? Or did you go to them? 
no, 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 no. They came to me with a really good idea, and um, it's either I can accept or, or decline. You know, I, I said, no, I'm willing to do this. Let let let's do it. You know. You said your mom didn't know. Did she not know the day that you stood up there and did this? No, 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 not the day. Of course not. I didn't do that. But um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, of course you know all moms know. Um, because my mom said you know she had a dream, you know um, previously, so she she always you know refer back to that dream and um. So my mom knew, and eventually my mom, moms love you regardless of whatever sexual identity, um, but mom will always be mom, and she loves me, and we have, we have a great relationship. Yeah. How long has she known you were different? I understand that she, you know, as a mom, she knew, but when did you tell her? Actually, it was probably leading up to Nike campaign. Um, yeah, the so back in I think the campaign was back in June. I can't remember when it was. Or October. So, so, so she just you just talked to her about this recently. Yes, I did. I did. You know, I, I, I'm curious. Because it, know, was, uh, because it was never brought up as far as. You know, she never questioned, you know, my um, sexual life. She never asked me, you have a girlfriend? That never came up, you know, as a discussion. Um, I just live my life, you know, I just go about my business, <laughs> you know. Did, 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 she, did she intentionally not ask you because she was afraid of the answer a little bit? I, I think so. I, I think so. I think all moms, all moms know about their, their kid, uh, um, about their child. She was just probably afraid of, of yes, um, being faced with the truth. I, I know you, I'm curious to hear kind of more about your family life and about your childhood. Uh, when did you realize you were different from most of the other boys in this way? Um, honestly, it was back when I was, I think, 10 or 11. I do remember being sexually attracted to females but it was one incident when i was a little boy me and me and my friend was playing and you know our, our lips accidentally touched and it was when it, in that moment i felt something i never felt before kissing someone else it was like it was a new feeling as frank ocean would say <laughs> you know um the new feeling and i was like oh this is interesting and from from there then on I I crave that that feeling again, you know, at a very young age, like um, I think ten or eleven. So you were still in Trinidad at the time. Correct, correct. What, growing up in in Trinidad, did you hear people talk about this thing, this homosexuality? Honestly, no, because I, I was young. I was very naive as a kid. I just um, play on the streets. I don't really watch TV. I don't. We was not in, into those kind of things. Um, of course, social media was never big back then. Um, so I was always like a, a tomboy. I, I was always outside running, playing, and but I was not. Yeah, that was not um, in my face. Like as far as people didn't talk about it. Yeah, so for me, at a young at a young age, 
I wasn't exposed to it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're, you're 10, 11, 12 years old. It's, uh, homophobia and homosexuality is not exactly at the top of your radar screen, right? Correct, correct, correct. And you were busy at the time. I mean, were you running at that age? I mean, had you been identified as somebody to watch at that age? No, 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 no. At age 11, I was just playing in the streets, you know, um, just chasing my brother, you know, trying to get better, trying to beat him, just having fun, you know. Um, yeah, I was never on the radar. Not until I came to high school um, that that's when I really started training and developing my skills. Um, I was 13, 14 at that time you know, going into um, high school. Yeah, so that's when I started developing my skills and training um, junior high and high school. Who identified you? I mean, who said, hmm, this kid's fast. This this kid is somebody to invest in. Well, yeah, I would take it back maybe, um, maybe earlier because um, when I was in Trinidad, my neighbor, um, I remember he was telling my mom, like this kid is going to be some kind of athlete. I don't know what kind of athlete, but he, I guess he, he just saw something you know, that nobody else saw. And, you know, it, I guess it came to pass. But um, back when I, in high school, who invested in me was my um, high school coach, Michael Mosley. Because um, I remember in high school, I wanted to quit because I had an injury. And he was like, man, you... I can see you, go, you are going. Go, you are going to go to the Olympics, and, and you're going to be successful. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just want to stop right now because my my knee hurts. I don't. I don't want to feel this pain no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, you know. He so he came. He came to my house and he convinced my mom and myself to continue to run track. And you know, so he played a fundamental moment. You know, in my life. Um, but but by just being a positive role model to me. Did, was it your running that got you to the University of Florida? Yes. I I was um, highly recruited. Um, all of the SEC schools recruited me, um, Baylor as well. Um, and I just picked a school that I felt that fit me. And that was University Why did it fit Florida. you? What, 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 what fit about Gainesville? Well, it was more so... Um, my my teammates, um, we pretty much gelled um, as far as personalities and so forth at the time. Because um, I remember I went to another school and I felt like the the guys were just so much older than <laughs> than me. I was like, ah, oh, we have nothing, nothing in common. You know, Florida just felt like a better fit. You know, with the personnel on the team at that time. Yeah. And when you were in college or in high school. Were you thinking about other men and were you dating other men or having sex with other men no, or, or were no, you no, just dating no, women? No, no, no. Listen, in, in high school, I was not dating nobody. I was scared. I, I didn't <laughs> experience nothing, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I was just focused on my athletics, you know. And um, but then when I got to college, that that's when – you know, Pandora box opened up and, um, you know, you, you experience life, you know, sexuality and so forth. Yeah. 
I remember when I was a kid, I, I, I had the same thing in high school. I just, uh, I just didn't date anybody. I buried myself in my schoolwork and I buried myself in my athletics. I ran track and yeah. I was a hurdler as well, though yeah. I was not anywhere near as good as you. Yeah. When we were at the Nike event, I asked you how you identified. You kind of hemmed and hawed and you said that you, you love all kinds of different people but that you identify as a gay athlete. And I was, I was so interested in that um, because I expected you to say something different given that you said you're attracted to all kinds of people. Does the term gay athlete mean something special to you? It does not, to be honest. Um, I'm, honestly, I'm just a human being, just like everybody else. Um, I'm just sexually fluid like, like anybody else. You know, people talking about sex is so taboo. It's like whoever you're attracted to because, you know, um, I can see a beautiful girl. I'm like, oh, my, she's pretty, but would I want to have sex with her? Probably not, you know, but, you know, but you see a guy like, oh, he's, he's attractive. Do I want to have sex with him? Maybe yes, because that's who I'm more attracted to. Um, I understand what you mean. I mean, it- my husband and I have had this conversation many times because for a long time that he thought everyone was either gay or straight, that no one could possibly have an interest in both sexes. And, and, and I remember one day pointing out a man that neither of us thought was particularly attractive. Mm-hmm. And then there was a woman who was very fit and very beautiful. And I said, okay, well, if you had to have sex with one of these two people, which one would it be? And he picked the woman. And I said, I said, well, then how can you say that <laughs> you everyone's got either you got gay him. or straight when you just picked the woman? Right. <laughs> well, I understand what you mean. And I, th- I, I, think, I, think, I think sexual orientation is a lot more fluid and not, a lot more gray than, than, we, um, than a lot of us are, are led to believe. Um, All right. Well, everybody, hang tight. Hang tight just for a couple of minutes while we do these quick commercial breaks, and we'll be back with uh, Olympic champion, world champion, Karen Clement. Okay, we're back with Karen Clement. Um, so, you know, another one of the things that, that I, I saw you talk about was that you believe that being different, that being gay, motivated you to become a better athlete. Tell me about that. Well, um, I would go back to my college days when um, I felt like I was just um, being poked at, um, just being made fun of because, you know, you being friends with someone that's that's gay and so now people spreading rumors about you and, you know, those things hurt someone who have never been through those situations. It's like, wow, like how do you deal with this? So like I would cry every single night you know, to my best friend and she would comfort me and so forth. And I would just go to, and, and she would tell me like, Karan, just go to track practice and just kick their asses, you know, just, just, just show them who is boss. You know, I would go to track practice and just, just work hard. And that's why I, I broke so many records because I was running um, angry. I was running, you know, with fuel, you know, and, and, and of course, I loved it because those guys um, were gasoline to my fuel. You know, it's like they kept setting me to be better, you know. And I 
said, I appreciate the hard times because that's how you grow as a human being. If you don't go through those things, it's like, how can you be better as a human being? So I appreciate hard times um, because it builds your character, it builds you as a person. Um, and it also shows you who, who your friends are. I, I've learned a lot. I've gained friends, I've lost friends along the way. Um, that's life. Did people tease you in college? Did they Did they know? Well, yes, because, you know, it was a rumor, you know, um, I was friends with other, you know, gay athletes and, like, oh, my God, the new um, freshman, you know, runner is gay now. And and, um, and I was paranoid. Like, I would go to attract me thinking, oh, this person know my sexuality. And I just, I didn't be so paranoid, um, you know, and boys will be boys and but i appreciate you know what i went through to become the person that i am today do you think that you would be olympic champion world champion if you hadn't gone through that struggle i have no idea because that wasn't this is the path that was chosen to me to be honest so i i cannot say that if i didn't went through that if I become, you know, I will always be a fighter. Um, I'll always be someone trying to be the best because I've been that way since I was a young boy when I lost a race and I started crying, you know. Um, so, yeah, but this is the, 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 the life that, that God had for me and, you know, I'm walking in my blessing. What's been the reaction from from your your colleagues and your 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 teammates, your former teammates, to to you talking about this. I know everyone loves everyone loves it. Everyone has been very supportive. You know, have haven't seen no negative feedback to be honest. Um, unless, well, maybe on social media, people you know people feel like they're emboldened when they're behind a, a phone or a computer <laughs> screen. You know, just those people. But my friends have been very supportive, you know, we talk and, you know, we all love each other. So um, it's just been great reactions. I didn't think, I did it because I needed to breathe. I felt like I was being stifled Um, because I said for many years, it's like, I felt like I had a a hole in my heart. And like when I I, I told my story to the world, it was like, I felt better i felt lighter i felt you know i felt like i can conquer the world now you know mm-hmm. and um it it was a beautiful feeling and, and i just hope a lot of people can experience that um you know but in in your own timing you know one of the most interesting parts of your story to me is the fact that you went 8 years between Olympic medals. It doesn't usually happen in track and field. Usually somebody dominates for a while and then they fade away. Mm-hmm. What happened in, in those eight years between you winning world championships and winning Olympic championships and, and those world championships and Olympic championships, they, they, they went away and then you did it again. What were those eight years like? What, what happened? What happened was I, I, I guess, I remember I was in Paris Paris. 
I saw so damn much. I don't know where I've been. But I was at a track meet and um I got I got sick. Um I woke up and my entire body was swollen. I don't know if I, I don't know if I had food poisoning. This was in twenty ten. Um it was right after I had one Berlin in two thousand nine. I was like, anyway, so I, I woke up and I was like, Oh my god, I body swollen and I don't know what's happening. So I had to pull out of meat. And it was from there, 2010, um, I started getting injured. Uh, you know, 2012, I had surgery with my groin. I made the Olympic final, but I didn't medal. I finished, I finished um, last. But that, that journey leading to the Olympics was an amazing experience for me because I had recovered from surgery, you know, in that year. And I still, and I still made the Olympic team um, in spite of yeah. not, not, not having race you know much um i think in 2015 2015 i finished fifth no i'm sorry fourth in the world championships and i was like oh my god i'm close to the podium you know i'm feeling better now and i was like you know what this is the closest i've ever been to the podium because every year i told myself i will just keep keep getting better and and you know because i don't give up eventually i'll be number one because i'm a fighter you know, that little boy back then, you know, he's still fighting. You know, so I finished fourth in yeah. 2015. I said, I'm really close to the podium. And I want to tell you, I felt so good finishing fourth because I was like, I can smell the podium. So I told myself, okay, in 2016, the Olympics, perfect. More motivation for me. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, fine. Um, so I worked hard, you know, that year. I was like, you know what, I'm going to win the Olympics, you know, because I'm feeling good. And I won the Olympics, you know, um, and you did, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was just beautiful because, um, now it's 2020, you know, I didn't make, um, the Doha team last year and everything just, just, you know, the, the coming out story and me moving out to LA and just you know, finding a new coach, everything just comes full circle. And this feels really good about 2020. So, so you hope to be there in Tokyo. I don't hope. I know. <laughs> you know. Got it. Got it. You are yes. aiming for We will see you in Tokyo. Yes, yes, because I am training my butt off. And, yes, we will, we will get there. Yeah. Well, I hope so. It's, there's going to be over 100 out athletes in Tokyo, and I certainly hope you're one of them. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I end the podcast every week with two same two questions. And the first is name an Olympian who inspired you to become an Olympian. Can I be honest? <laughs> okay, so growing up to be honest, I did not look up to any um athletes because I I just fell into the sport, but as I got older, you know, people like um, like Serena Williams or Kobe Bryant, you know, the Carl Lewis, you know, eventually you want to have those accolades as those athletes. So that that's what I, you know, those are the people that I look up to because I want to be like them. I want, I want, I want to have, have it all as far as the, the accomplishments. Um, so that, those are the athletes that I look up to, like Serena, the Kobe, um, Carl Lewis. Um, he, he's actually a very good friend of mine. Well, that that those are those are three pretty good ones. Yeah. Um, 
The last question that I asked, and I, 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 I previewed this earlier, um, the name of the podcast is Five Rings to Rule Them All. And you mm-hmm. being a Lord of the Rings fan know that that comes from the Lord of the Rings, one ring to rule them all. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give me a, a, a character or a moment from Lord of the Rings that sticks out to you as your your favorite or one of your favorites. Um, maybe when they were trying to go for, I think um, the dragon was, I think Soda and them was trying to get like a, a diamond from the dragon in a dragon's den. And they had to like hide and so forth. I, I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> and the um, Hobbit, that was no, that was a that was a that was a great that was a great long scene. Yeah, that's a good. Then, you know, it reminded me that 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 scene reminded me of of almost playing hide and seek and and I playing war in the woods with my brother, trying to hide right. from each other and sneak up on each other. It, it reminded me of go. my childhood days. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Now, now, now it comes full circle. See, I could, I could talk Lord of the Rings for long as I could talk Olympics. So we can, we can have a whole other <laughs> conversation about that. Uh, Anyhow, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. And, and we're going to be cheering for you in Tokyo. I cannot wait. And if there's anything we can do to help you, please let me know. Thank you so much for having me. And God bless you guys. And hope 2023, everybody, will be an amazing year. He really does have a great shot at being part of Team USA in Tokyo. I have all the faith in the world that he's going to be able to do it. To, to, to go through what he went through from 2010 to 2015, 16, to come all the way back to an Olympic gold medal is incredibly impressive. Uh, as you're listening to this, I am probably somewhere in the middle of the Caribbean. Uh, my husband and I every year go on an Atlantis cruise which is a lot of fun. If you've never been, you've got to check it out. But I will be back next week with another episode. I'm just not quite sure who that's going to be. There's a lot of really fun guests I have lining up. Um, I'll just have to figure out who it it is when I get back from this cruise. Anyhow, thanks for listening and come on back next week. Mm